everyone, and welcome back to episode four of our, of our podcast series, um, Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Miller. With me is my co-host and great college friend, Alex Sanchez. Good and, evening. And today, for episode four, we will be discussing, analyzing, reviewing the Seattle Kraken official draft, comparing the actual draft, their actual roster to our mock draft. Um, we're going to analyze recent trades in the past in the past few days after the draft. My goodness, the trades have been phenomenal, to say the least. They've been nonstop, too. Yeah. Gee, I don't know why, but the GMs this year have, have, have lost their minds officially. And I kind of like we, it, though. <laughs> I, yes, that, that's true. And then, of course, we'll sum everything up at the end and we'll exit our way out of here. So going into first, we're going to review the Seattle Kraken official roster here. Um, any sort of way you want to go through this, Alex, we can review the entire roster first and then just overall compare our mock draft roster to the official roster or we can go by, you know, going by Anaheim, who they picked, from Anaheim, who we had selected. There's multiple ways we can do this. It's ultimately up to you or what do you think? I was thinking we just highlight maybe ones that caught us by surprise, ones we were maybe not expecting and just obviously big names. Okay. And well, um, I think we should also address the coverage of the draft because we were having fun with that. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes. So let's go over the roster first, and then we'll go with the coverage. Um, so, who stands out to you first? Well, so my the biggest surprise – I don't think I was surprised um, a lot of the times. I would say my big surprise is – who they picked for Columbus – Philadelphia, um, the Rangers caught me off guard a little bit. Um, oh, of course, St. Louis. So those are the, the biggest St. picks. Louis, that, that oh, and Arizona, and Arizona. Those are the few picks that um, surprised me the most. So I guess Some were really were, obvious, but yeah, right, I agree right. with you um, and then a little, I guess a little bit Montreal, but let's start with Arizona first since they're at the top. Um, so in my mock draft, I had, I think we both had Christian Fisher going to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, which everyone, I think a lot of um, fans and analysts thought was the obvious pick, but with that guy, he's a safe pick. You know, he's, you know, he's what, 23, 24 years of age. He can produce very well. Uh, and a change of scenery can maybe, you know, help them out here. But they can, they pick a – they go with a completely different direction here at Seattle, and they pick uh, forward Tyler Pitlick, who they flip the day after for a fourth-round fourth pick um, from Calgary. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is that is – that, what, what do you think about that pick? I mean, I mean it was a pick who they, they – picked, they picked Pitlick – and then they flipped him, and yeah. It was, was interesting. That. i got to say, though, Arizona in general has been in the news a lot with the moves they've made, but I didn't see – like, I was surprised that it flipped them the next day. Yeah. The pick itself did catch me a little bit off guard, but it was more the fact that yeah, they took him and flipped him immediately afterwards. I was like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess, though, they had a plan. I'm going to guess they talked and made the decision to uh, flip them. Where do you go? Calgary, right? Yeah, they flipped them them to Calgary for a. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess they had talked to the Flames before that. Because it would be kind of weird if they took them, like, oh, sweet, and then flipped them, like, a day later. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't think that the that that's probably what happened is Ron Francis had had discussion with Calgary saying, okay, if we pick Tyler Pitlick, what would you give us? And they said, okay, we'll give you a fourth round pick. And Ron Francis was probably satisfied, but I, I don't know. We don't know the true story because we thought there was going to be lots of trades after the draft, uh, where Ron Francis made a lot of trades. Well, he actually didn't. Um, he actually picked players that um, he wanted to pick. He didn't really discuss many teams. Um, but, yeah, so that's it for the Arizona one. Not really a shocking pick, just an odd pick. And interesting to see Ron Frank flip him the day after. Um, going on to Buffalo, I want to move on to Buffalo here very quickly. Uh, I, I picked Jake McCabe to go. And you had Colin Miller, right? Yes. And the actual pick here is Will Borgen, who, I mean, he's 24 years of age. I believe his first official season was last year. Um, I'm just shocked that it wasn't Jake McCabe or Colin Miller. Um, But I don't know. I guess they're probably for the future, I guess, there. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to build up the youth core, but I did think they'd take someone a little more established. I know we joked around saying it's hard to pick from Buffalo uh, considering the season they just had. Yeah. And again, obviously they know more than us about this, but I, I do agree. I was expecting someone who had been around a little longer. I will say though, at least Will Borgen, 23 years of age, who uh, he could be a, he could be a useful top six defenseman in the future, maybe top four. Uh, defensemen bloom a little later in their life. Um, you know, about around 25, 26. So basically in a couple of years for him. Um, but thank God he's longer in Buffalo and maybe he can actually perform to his actual potential. Uh, you can say about anyone when they leave Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Buffalo, man, I mean, they've lost a lot in the past few days. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Uh, moving on to Chicago. Uh, well, I, well, we'll go to Carolina, actually. Um, we, I mean, I had Jake Bean going, um, and they went with, um, Morgan Geeky, uh, depth forward here. Um, Ron Francis, former GM of Carolina, probably knows a lot more for, for Morgan Geeky and probably, probably likes his game a lot. Um, that's why probably, he probably picked him over Jake Bean, but Jake Bean's is, is, is going to be a solid top four defenseman. And, you know, they, they lost out on that. Uh, yeah, I do want to go to the point you said that Ron Francis knows what he's doing. I'm going to guess with all teams, Carolina, he knew exactly who he wanted from the start. So I'm not going to make any critique there. Uh, Chicago, uh, touch, touch briefly on this one because it was just shocking how they passed up on Zadorov and Gaudet. Zadorov, he can be a useful defenseman, even though he's, you know, he's a bit slow. He can still be that defensive guy you need on the back end. Um, he's very physical. Um, well, he's, he's what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, big guy. 
Um, played pretty well with Chicago this past season. Played pretty well with with Colorado. With Colorado. Um, they also passed an Adam Gaudet. Um, again, shocking. And they picked John Quinville, which this is sort of a, a pick out of left field here where everyone was like, okay, it's either going to be Zadorov or Gaudet. But they go with John Quinville, the second cousin of the legendary Joel Quinville. An odd pick here, right? Yeah, I thought for sure that there was going to be more behind this. And then, as far as I know, we haven't heard anything about that. I thought for sure. I mean, like, well, I remember when Vegas made all those trades, it was like, yeah, we'll give you a, yeah. a pick to take this guy. I thought for sure it would be one of those situations. Um, and then it wasn't, which that was a surprising part of me more than anything, because I agree with you, I had And then you, I saw this and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to guess maybe they gave him a fourth or something to take Quinville. Right. And then it came out, there was nothing. And then, don't forget, you and I saw the conflicting reports. Oh, there is trades and there wasn't trades. Made it even more confusing. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's just, yeah, a, it's just it weird how... It caught me off guard. Yeah, it's it's a, a, yeah, I agree with you. It's out of left field and not really what you would have been expecting at all. Yeah, and John Quinville, I mean, you know, he might be a guy who we see, um, you know, possibly... I mean, he, he needs a contract, um, so I, I I don't know. Um, it, it's just it's just weird. It's just it's just pretty weird to see that to see that pick go through. Um, moving forward here, uh, we're going to Columbus. This is a very interesting pick here. Um, let's see, Columbus. I had um, Max Domi going. I believe I had Domi as well. Don't hold me accountable for that, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Seattle Kraken, let's see what they select here. Oh, goodness, where's he at? They had, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Gavin Bayreuther. Oh, yes, Gavin Bayreuther, yes, yes. Another pick oh, out of left field. Yeah, you got right. Yeah, a pick out of left field, Gavin Bayreuther. Like, this guy is a, is a, He's twenty. He's twenty-seven, right? He played a couple regular season games last year, but he's been a basically a full-time AHLer. And they could have gotten Max Domi. I, I don't yeah, know. Domi, yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple of you and I. We were texting the whole time that you and I were like, "Huh?" Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Ron Francis is thinking here. Maybe there's something in Bayreuther in Bayreuther that we don't know. Maybe he's going to play him. Uh, you know. I, it's just weird. I don't know. A lot of these picks were out of left field that, that just caught the majority of fans off guard. Yeah, I mean, like, you had your obvious ones that you could – like, Yanni Gord, you could see coming from a mile away. You right. Not away. But, like, Jordan Eberle was another one that I think most people predicted, even though I did. I had Josh Bailey. But um, you, you said, like, a lot of them were out of left field, and I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was – this one was another one where I kind of had to double check and be like, oh, well, where is this pick coming from? Mostly? Yeah, no, that's completely right. I think what I think I'm going to touch on this pick with Edmonton here because I think it's it's brilliant. Ryan Francis completely screwed the Oilers organization with this pick. I had going Dominic Cahoon going, and he picks Adam Larson and then signs into a four year, $4 million deal for a season. 
an absolute brilliant move by Ron Francis. Um, Never forget Adam Larson's trade for Taylor Hall. Yeah. Here, here's, here's the funniest thing here, right? So they get Duncan Keith before the, the trade freeze happens, you know, the day before they release their, protect, their protection list. Duncan Keith has a no-moving clause. So they have to protect him no matter what. So they get Keith. They protect Keith, forced to expose Adam Larson. Ron Francis says, oh, thank you very much. I'll take it. And Adam Larson's role with the Oilers has been probably their best. He's been a, he's been top two defenseman in Edmonton, playing alongside the likes of Darnell Nurse and and uh, and Oscar Kleffbaum, who which Oscar Kleffbaum will be injured basically the entire year next year. And again, the blue line in Edmonton will be weakened once again with the loss of Adam Larson. And this is just it just makes you think: Why didn't Ken Holland, you know? protect Larson, and not make the keep trade until after the expansion draft. It's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, something I was wondering too, especially if they had the terms of the deal agreed to, was be like, all right, well, we'll do it just after the, the freeze. Right, it, it, it's legit a four-by-four four contract. Like, this is, a, yeah. this is a steal of a deal for Adam Larson, I think. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I think Adam Larson gets overlooked a lot because he was traded for Taylor Hall straight up, and Taylor Hall won an MVP right after that. Yeah. But it's like Adam Larson's a bad player. It's just, it's just unfortunate circumstances. It's like he asked to be traded for a, a top talented winger. Yeah, I, I think now so getting him for, for four for four is pretty damn good. Uh, and now that, but he he goes he goes to. He goes to Seattle for free. There is no trade. He's not traded to Seattle. He is going there for free. Edmonton loses him for literally nothing. They can't get anything for the guy. Um, great pickup for Ron Francis, though. Overall, I think the blue line for the Kraken is a very, very talented blue line. And that blue line will be very threatening in the regular season um, when, we, when we start to have that in October. Can't come soon enough. I know, right? Um, I, I kind of want to touch on the Minnesota pick, but not really. I mean, people. I mean, Capo Kakinen, the one I had selected. However, they picked Carson Susie. I understand why they picked Susie. Uh, top six defenseman, right there, solid guy. Um, that, that's not that one where I was like, "What are they doing?" That's when I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I got yeah, it's more, of a, it's more of a very much of a, okay, okay, whatever. There's a couple of you, you get run, you're like, all right, it's not like they took some, like, Joe Schmo. Yeah, I mean, the New Jersey pick, you know, not picking Andreas Janssen, they picked Nathan Bastion. Nathan Bastion. Again, that, that's one where I was like, okay, uh, I'm yeah. fine with it. Like, it's not like they picked some guy we exactly. exactly. I think Andreas Janssen would have been a better pick. However, Nathan Bastion, you know, he's supposed to be a pretty good middle six, top nine guy. Um, didn't really perform that well in New Jersey or didn't play to that expectation. Maybe, you know, change of scenery can be that. Um, which yeah, a lot of these yeah. things here was a lot of that. Um, now, going on to the Philadelphia pick. They pick, well, I had them selecting Shane Goss's bear uh, because I was like, okay, that's an obvious pick, Shane Goss's bear. And they pick up Carson uh, Torinsky, who's a forward. 23 years of age. Never even heard of this guy in my life. He had he played a few games 
with Philly. He scored his first career goal already. Um, but that's about all I know about the guy. Nothing else. I think the part that makes us better is literally what was one th- the term you saw? I said they gave Gossip Bear as a gift. Did you say it was a donation? Yes, yes. We'll go over the we'll go over the donation to Arizona by the Flyers. Think even more is they lost them for nothing anyway. Exactly. I'm just I don't know. It's just some of the things that 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 happened. I, I, I would have taken. I would have taken. I would have taken. That's one where I was like, they didn't take Gossip Bear. That's the easy choice. They have a good defense, from what we can tell. You and I both liked a lot of defensive picks, but I thought Gossip Bear would be for sure there. Yeah, I was like, what? Who's, who the heck is Carson Torinsky? Like, what the heck? I, I don't know. 23 years of age, 23 years of age. Didn't, I don't know. Maybe he's going to play and play with the main roster. Who knows? We don't know. Um, moving on to St. Louis Blues, where I think a lot of people had Vlad Tarasenko going to the Kraken. Um, I certainly did. I think you did, too. I a, yeah, I did as well. And and I'm not I'm not gonna say this is a blown pick by any means. I think it's actually a good pick by by Ron Francis here to pick up Vince Dunn. I think it's a great pick. Solid top four defenseman who still has potential to be a top two guy if he wants to be. However, if he doesn't, he can still be a good top four guy. He's 23 years of age. He's won a cup with St. Louis. He's gonna be he he can play very well uh, on that crack and rock. So this did lead me to one question, though, that I really wondered. And that is, is did they not pick Tarasenko because maybe his injuries are even worse than we thought? I think, I think it has to, it has to do with his injuries. The past two, three seasons, Tarasenko has been riddled with injuries. And his shoulder especially maybe, is like... Yes, his right shoulder, too. Yeah. So I think Ron Francis said, he looked at the cap hit, he looked at um, you know his, his injuries the past three years, and he said, "I'm gonna go with Vince Dunn, the guy who is young, not his I mean RFA. He's not he's not gonna be expensive to resign, and he can be in the blue line. He can he can be a serviceable member for for quite a for quite a while and help this team um, build up to a playoff contender or a cup contender eventually." Um, and then I, I think that's that's it for me in terms of you know what surprised yeah. me, what shocked me the most. None of them are like anything. Yeah, I I think I think a funny pick though for Toronto. I think it's funny, but I don't know. It's kind of not. I, it's it's hilarious because I had Alexander Kerfoot being picked, and the funny thing is this: Toronto acquires Jared McCann um, from the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, the day before the trade freeze. And, and I lost him. <laughs> and then they lost him. So yeah, I, I did. I, that's why I remember seeing he wasn't protected, and I yeah. was like, "Didn't they get him yesterday?" And then they let him go. That's something. The only the only thing I'll give Kyle Dubas dumbass here is this. Oh, um, <laughs> you 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 got Jared McCann for free, pretty much. You gave up Philip Hollander and a seventh round pick. <laughs> That's it. You pretty much gave. You pretty much got McCain for free, and you lose him anyways. So I don't know. I guess there's a win-win. What do they do there in Toronto? I think there's. I don't know. But like, here's the thing: 
if I'm if if I'm the GM of Toronto and I'm Kyle Dumbass, I would rather have Jared McCann than Alexander Kerf- Kerfoot. I'm sorry, but that's what I would have. He could play center. He could play wing. He can he can put up a bunch of goals. He's he's not gonna count towards your minus that much. I think he's way better than better than Kerfoot. I told you, I think their spirit is broken. What, yeah. Well, how many elimination games did they lost in a row? Five? Yeah. Four, Four or five, 18, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, five. Oh, it's just bad. And I mean, maybe that, they just tried something. Look, like, it's probably just get swept. It's, they lose all of them in the last game. Like, game. I know game five against Columbus was like – Qualifier, but it was like game seven of the series. And what? Yeah, it was. And the, <laughs> I liked the trade. I, I honestly McCann. feel bad for them a little bit. I honestly do. Well, I the thing is, I like the trade for McCann. Oh, this is a good trade yeah, for Toronto. They won the trade. They just gave him away. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm like, wow. Okay. I know. Maybe it's because they didn't. Okay. Maybe it's because they didn't want to lose Kerfoot or Dermot. Maybe that. But I would have rather. I you know I don't know. I don't know. I just don't get. I just don't get. Yeah, I don't really see the point of trading for a guy if you're just gonna lose him the next day. Exactly. Sure. And again, I, if if you didn't want them to take Kerfoot or um or Dermot, trade a pick like the people did with Vegas. Yeah, and I understand it was only a seventh rounder and a prospect, Philip Hollander, who was traded before. Um. In a trade, you know, many year in a trade a couple of years ago, um, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I get that. You trade him back, and you know, you got him for nothing. You lose him for nothing. I I don't know. I just think if you're going to get a guy, you don't just get him and then lose him, but right after for for nothing when he's a when he's a pretty talented top nine middle six forward like Jared McCann. Yeah, I don't really get that one. Now. I just want to do a brief, and uh, you know, I want to analyze this roster here. I want, what's your brief take on this roster overall? You know, what's your first impressions of what you see on paper? Obviously, there will be there will be moves in the free in free agency. Yeah. This so team has, this is not this the final. Thirty. Over. Yeah, this team has thirty mil, thirty million dollars of projected cap space to use in free agency. So there will be and, and people, as we're there doing, will be the draft is still going on too. So yeah, you will. Yeah, so so the, obviously you will have plenty of time to add players. You will have plenty of time. If you want my first opinion, is that I don't think they're going to be as good as Vegas was in their inaugural season. Vegas had one of the most unexpected dominant runs by an expansion team ever, if not the most, going to the final. But I think this team is capable of making the playoffs. Because the Pacific Division is not good. Let's be real. I agree. I would say that they definitely can sneak in as that three seed or even a wild card. Um, they're capable of making it. I don't know if I'd expect them to make it. I don't. I wouldn't lock them in. Like I wouldn't you, put money. Yeah. In so it, like, but when, I think they're definitely we, capable of making the playoffs. Yeah, so like when we make our season preview, you won't be like, oh, I'm locking in Seattle in in the wild card position or whatever. Yeah, it's it's not like I'm going to go and make through my predictions and be like, oh, Seattle, you're in. Absolutely no question about it. Like, it's like when I look at a team, like, 
Vegas. I, I'm going to put Vegas in the playoffs, obviously. But I'm not going to go in right away and say, all right, Seattle, you're in. Right. Yeah, I, must, I don't think I don't think it's going to be like they're going to come out and suck and compete for a top pick. Right, right. I think, you know, I think very similarly, I think, you know, this roster right now and with the moves that they're probably going to make in free agency, the guys that they're going to sign, um, this is a pretty good roster to start out with. This is a good roster to start your franchise with. Um, I'm sure some guys on this roster who are selected will be traded. Um, I'm sure some guys in free agency, some big names, might be added onto the list. We don't know. We'll have yeah. to find out. For all we know, they can but, go out on day one and sign Landeskog. So. Yeah, but at at this at this time, on the, I'm looking at this team on on paper right now. This is a very interchangeable group. You have very talent. You have a very talented blue line. You have very interchangeable forwards that can play center, left wing, right wing. You have forwards that can play in multiple multiple positions, which is very which is very key. I don't think they're going to be a team where they're going to make it playoffs or make a run like Vegas did. Um, but, I mean, this is hockey, so anything, anything can happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think they're going to be a team where you look at them on your, on your, on your schedule, oh, Seattle, that's an easy W. I think it's going to be every game against Seattle will be very tough, and they'll be a very tough team to beat as long as things mold together correctly there you know, with management, coaching, and the roster itself. And if goaltending can – if Chris Drieger can back up a pretty miraculous season last year and with a follow-up one with here in Seattle. But if I were to make a season preview with this roster here, yeah, I can see him making the wild card position. But honestly, I, I, I would have – Maybe the three spot. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say I would place, I would place them – Probably around sixth or fifth in the, in the division, but I can see them make the playoffs later on. Yeah, I could definitely see it. It, it wouldn't be a shock, especially in the Pacific. So those are our final takes on the Seattle Kraken official roster review here. Um, now we're going to move on to um, analyzing recent trades. Um, fun trades have been made. Yeah, there's a lot of trades that have gone through, and there's a couple of trades you might spend a lot more on, and I know for sure one will spend a lot more on. Um, but we're going to start here on July 22nd. Um, a pretty, I, I was at work when this happened. I was pretty shocked. The Detroit Red Wings acquired goaltender Alex Nadelkovich from the Carolina Hurricanes for Jonathan Bernier, who is a UFA, and a third round pick in the 2021 Angel Draft. This is an absolute steal for Detroit here. This might, this pretty much well be, might be their, you know, their future goaltender for years to come. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think Carol, I think Carolina panic here to make a move. Uh, well, I, I was reading some tweets and reading some news, and apparently, Carolina did not trust Nadalkovich going to next year. They thought this year really? was sort of like a. They thought they thought this year and his performance in the postseason was more of a fluke, um, and they didn't want to pay him. So, if you don't want to pay a guy, you don't trust him, you move him. That's that's how it is in sports. You don't trust him, you move him. That's what Carolina does here. I think they think think wrong, as as Nadalkovic has just just re-signed with Detroit for not a lot of money for, for I think, it's three years. And you would think if Carolina gets, gets gets Bernier in the trade, they would have a contract ready for him already. 
and it's two days after yeah. that they haven't. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe they have signed him already, and just, you know, I just haven't. Met. We've we've missed it today probably, but I just haven't seen the news of Bernier have having having signed the contract with Carolina. Big pickup for Detroit here. Big loss for Carolina. Now here, now yeah, here is this one. This one could be a miss. Now he, here's one. Here, here's one. The um, the Arizona Coyotes here again. Oh, yeah, Arizona, they get Arizona gets a huge, generous donation from Philly. Okay, Arizona they acquire they acquire defenseman Shane Goss's Bear, a second round pick. And a seventh round pick in the 2022 entry draft next year in exchange for future considerations. Pretty much free. You're, there's nothing happening. It's free. We are giving you Shane God a spare and his contract and picks for free. Please take him. Huge blast for Arizona. I want to say, I have the list right here from TSN of the official transaction line. It doesn't yeah, even have to considerations. It just says, <laughs> Got to switch traded for with second round pick and seventh round pick. It doesn't even oh. have future considerations. So literally, they just gave Gossip and the picks. Like, do they really want to get? They couldn't get even a seventh round pick back. Yeah, I. <laughs> like, I you're telling me is... they couldn't get a single thing back. You're telling me not even a team would give them a, a sixth, let alone a seventh. I think what happened is the GM of Philly just said. Called up Arizona. Hey, you guys want Shane Godless Bear? Oh, sure, we'll take him on. Uh, we'll also give you some picks for him as well. What do you want? We want absolutely nothing because we don't like his cap. Okay, sounds good. We'll take him. That's how I feel like the that's how I feel like the conversation happened. And this is a guy who is a solid top four defenseman. Yes, he has had his down years with Philly. Absolutely, but he can still. He's still very young. He can still get back to his his you know his skill, the what he had in Philly in his first two seasons. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think I think this trade will bite Philly in the ass. He just gave this guy up for free. And Philly's made Philly made a great trade getting Ryan Ellis. And then they give away Shane Gossespierre for free. And then they make another questionable trade that's coming up soon. I don't know what Philly's doing anymore. I'm just really confused. I, I still love that you call it a donation. It is yes, it is a legit donation, Arizona, because a top four goal scoring offensive defenseman for free and draft picks to help the rebuild. Like what is going on? I was confused by that. Oh, oh. Keeping on the keeping on the Philly rant, July twenty third, just yesterday, the Flyers acquired defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen. I like Ristolainen, but here's what they give up for him. Robert Haig, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 second-round draft pick. I like Ristolainen a lot. He's not worth that. I'm sorry, he's not. No, the amount he's not. Of his time on ice, per his, his minutes on ice for the past two years, for the past few seasons, went from playing top 26 minutes a game to playing around 18-19. He's losing game minutes. And he's still, he's still a minus. He's still a minus in the offensive zone, and he's a minus on the defensive zone. All of his stats are negative. If you're a fan to of advanced fair, analytics, to be fair, to be fair, it's pretty hard not to be a minus playing in Buffalo. That's true. That's true. However, 
I mean, this this trade with Rick Delaney has, has been has been rambling on for years. When it's going to happen? It finally happens with Kevin Adams and you know, um, at the GM in Buffalo. But this guy, had, if you're a fan of advanced stats, Rathus, Rick Delaney, with the negatives in the offensive zone and defensive zone, and his contract and his production levels, he's not worth a Robert Haig, who you know he's just sort of a dumper right there, a roster spot filler. A first-round pick and a second-round pick. He's he's more of like a Robert Haig in a second. I think this is a total fleece by 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 Buffalo here. Total fleece to get Rutherford, lining off the books, get some picks here, and get Robert Haig, who's not going to be a superstar by any means, but you know he's a roster player. And again, this goes back to the trade with 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 uh, with Gosh's there. You make a donation to Philly to Arizona, and now you overpay for Rutherford. I'm so confused. And it doesn't stop there. They, I mean, they do make a pretty good trade later on. We'll, we'll cover briefly, but I mean, I'm, it's just so confusing how this happens. Another, and again, the trade right after that. Here we go. St. Louis Blues. I think this is. A, I don't know what you think about this trade, but I like it for both teams. The Blues acquire forward Pavel Buchnevich from the New York Rangers in exchange for Sammy Blay in the second round pick in 2022. I think that's pretty cool. Team. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I think with the acquirement of Buchnevich, maybe Hoffman's out. Maybe maybe you move on from Mike Hoffman. I, I think that that's going to be the move for the Blues here. For the Rangers, Sammy Blay, he's, he's great. He's good with St. Louis. He's going to be a good center, and they need centers there in, in New York. And I think he'll be, I think he'll fit well there. And they get a draft pick. I think it's a good one for both teams. So, yeah, I think it's fair for both teams. It's a pretty even trade. July twenty third. That's true. Same, same, same. Still the same freaking day. The Vancouver Canucks probably make one of the greatest, one of the worst trades, along with the one that's right after this, um, of the off season. The Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Oliver Ekman Larson and forward Connor Garland. In exchange for to Arizona, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, a first round pick, which is the ninth overall pick in this year's draft, a second round pick in next year's draft, and the third and a seventh round pick in twenty twenty three. OEL has one of the worst contracts in league in, in the league today. Yeah, so Thinking I want to what? say from the start. I did not Go want ahead. him to come to Boston and now seeing because he was with the Boston for a while. I did want Garland, but after seeing what they gave up, I am so glad we didn't do this. Now, granted, most of the roster players are dumps. However, you're giving up a first, which is a ninth overall freaking pick. That's a pretty, a top that's a pretty good pick. A top, top ten, 10 pick. pick. Yes. A second round pick and a seventh round pick isn't a bad thing. But you lose a first and a second. I think the biggest thing here is, is you lose – you lose it. You give up your top ten pick, and you're going to give up a second round pick in next year's draft to pick up a really bad contract in OEL. You pick up Connor Garland, which I think is a fantastic pick here. Picking up Garland, who's going to be a nice top six guy, who's an RFA. But here's the thing with OEL: I believe his contract is seven and a half million for the next six or seven years. Um, this guy hasn't played well in Arizona. 
Now, you can bring up the whole thing of Arizona's not good, but OEL, I mean, you're going to pay guys $7.5 million to put up those numbers that he does. Oh, buddy, it's worse than that. It's just, I don't even know. It's, eight, it's 8.25 until the 26-27 oh, season. I was right. Yeah, I was way wrong. That's, that's from cap. That's from cap friendly. He had I a mean, cap hit of eight million two hundred fifty thousand until two thousand twenty-seven, oh and, and he has a no movement clause. Oh my God! Here's the thing, though. What do you do if if you're if you're if you're Jim Benny? How do you re-sign Pedersen? How do you re-sign Hughes? Where's the money? Uh, yeah, you any know? of the guys who have a contract club, isn't I think isn't Horvat up in a couple of years too? I don't know. I mean, I have to. I have to look here on Cap Friendly, but I mean, like, you don't have the money to re-sign these guys now. You have. The, I mean, I don't. I don't. I think they're, they're not in win now change. mode. No, they're not. Okay, look at this. Oh, well, uh, so they okay. have. They have Horvat. On, is signed until the twenty three twenty four season, but he'll be a USA. Yep. Oh, well, good news re- that. I mean, they have to resign as they're leaving. You have to resign Hamnick. You're going to have to sign Yule Levy. You have to, you're going to have to the sign Quinn Pedersen. Pedersen is an RFA, so that does help a little bit. I mean, it's going to help a little, a, a little bit, but I know you got, you got two key guys here. And again, in 2022, 2023, so next year, you got to resign Brock Ricky Besser. Who's going to want more than five point eight mil per season? Same with uh, same with Pedersen. This guy is not going to, you know, I understand he's an RFA, but he's going to want at least another four or five year deal at like around since he's an RFA still, probably probably around six to seven million. And Quinn Hughes probably around seven million too for six years, similar to what Kale McCarr just got. Well, you know, Kim McCarthy a lot more money, but similar, that's that's the tone. It's, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I don't like this trade at all. It's very bad. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Do you have any further comments on the, uh, on him, or on this trade? They're screwed when it comes to the cap in a couple of years. Oh, so I pulled up. Um, so, yeah, you were right. It's it's seven million two hundred sixty thousand is what they are at the Larson from each year from now till twenty seven. So I pulled up his his numbers from this from this season in forty six games. This guy is getting paid over seven million dollars. Three goals, twenty one assists, twenty four points in forty six games, and he was a negative. 17. Uh, come on. And look at this. Look at this. Last, the 2019-2020, negative 3. 2018-19, negative 16. 2017-18, negative 28. He hasn't been a plus since 2013 in yeah. the short year, in the walkout I, year. I... I and just and you can say the Arizona teams have been bad, but even in the shortened season, when they made the playoffs in the bubble, it was still a negative three. Yeah, I am beyond. He's not a bad baffled. player. Don't get me wrong; he's not no, a bad not. player, but he's being overpaid. Bad contract. 
we're not saying Oyel's a bad player because he, he is a good player, but the contract is not suitable for the player. It's not. It's just what it is. Now, as I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. Do you have anything else to, to say about that trade? No, because I know which one you're going to next. So I'm excited. Yeah. So the one, the Hawks thing, and I have to announce, I'm regretting about to utter these freaking words. I'm very upset. Chicago Blackhawks acquire defenseman Seth Jones, a first round pick. And, uh, which was which was the 32 overall pick in this year's draft, and a sixth round pick in next year's draft, in exchange for elite prospect offensive defenseman Adam Bofus, a first round pick, which was the 11th overall pick in this year's draft, and a second round pick in this year's draft as well. And that first round pick in this year's draft for Columbus became Cole Sillinger, and the 32 overall pick Chicago collect. Uh, selected defenseman Nolan Allen. Oh, the bad trade! It's it is a very bad trade, overpayment, and his contract. I mean, this, this is just a, I had to find the contract here very quickly. I mean, this is just a bad, bad, bad contract. So he signed through this next season, this year, at five point four million. But for the next, I believe it's seven years. I believe it's seven years. million per season for Seth Jones. For Seth Jones, who hasn't produced to his standard in the past, in in three or four years with Columbus. And you're given this, you you gave up. Adam Bofus, who has has produced for Chicago and and has bettered his game. Ever since he was drafted, he gave up a first-round pick in this draft, which became Cole Sillinger. He gave up a second-round pick in this next year's draft. And in this, this year's draft, he gave it up. I don't know who that pick became. And you get Seth Jones, who has been outstanding. I, I, I'm so confused. The, the, the Hawks have, only, have no cap space. We have $5 million of cap space now. And guess we had to resign in a few years. Kirby freaking Doc, Alex Debrinket, um, and that's just the name of a few. We're going to have to resign. This is an absolute horrible contract. Who knows? It might be a genius signing. I don't know, though. We are we're rebuilding. We don't, we don't have talent to make the playoffs. We don't. Maybe we do with this trade. But I don't think we do. I am I'm very confused. I mean, look at this. He had 28 points this past season with a negative 18. Again, that guy, you know, um, you know, nine and a half million dollars. Come on, like really, really, Stan Bowman? What are you, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, but I know how much you like Stan Bowman. No, I hate this guy. This is this is this is just this is if not worse, equally as bad as the Panarin trade. No, Mind you. No, it's not. Oh, it's no, not it's that pretty, bad. No, it's, it's not. It's not that bad. No, it's, it's not. It's not even close. This is, this is horrible. This is a terrible trade. I like Seth Jones, and I don't mind 
the trade. It's the contract that gets me pissed off. It's the freaking contract and the fact that you're giving, I don't know, I feel like you gave up a 12th overall pick. Uh, well, 11th overall pick because Arizona forfeited their pick. You get, and you give up a second round pick. And you law and you pick, you took you gave away Anna Bofitz, who has a bright future. He has a, he has a bright future. You give you pick up Seth Jones, who hasn't played well in three or four years. And I mean, I don't know, it's a contract that that, piss, that pisses me off. It's a contract more than anything. Um, I remember on Instagram when the rumors were happening, I. I had a conversation with with this with this guy. I need I need to, I need to find it very quick because I, we were talking about this here. So it goes back to two days ago, to so the twenty second, and according to the Atlantic, here here's what it says: multiple sources have indicated Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones is is their number one target. Um, people were talking about long term deals. Um, people are, are mentioning a couple first rounders, throwing names around like Lucas Reichel. And then here, I comment this. I swear, if we trade Bofus, I'm going to flip. Just give them <laughs> Strom, just give them Dylan Strom, Ian Mitchell, and a second round pick. That's it. And here we go. Comment by this, this guy named D underscore underscore Doyle. They, Columbus, probably think he's worth more than that. So I'd be fine with that package if it's a first instead of a second. But realistically, but realistically I don't want to give up any of any of them. I agree. I don't want to trade for the drones either. Blockbuster is going to be better. I'll be pissed if they even think about trading him. He's the equivalent to Doc in our defensive group. Yes. And Blockbuster is literally the Kirby Doc of the, of the blue line. And now, whoop, he's gone. Bye-bye, Blockbuster. And I comment literally that same day. I have a sick feeling that Bowman will trade Bulkfist. Hopefully, he doesn't. And two hours ago, the guy commented to me, wow, just wow. And I said, I just knew it would happen. After the Panarin trade and rumors of Seth Jones, of the Seth Jones trade, I was like, he's going to overpay, isn't he? And then he commented, I'm so, gonna, I'm so upset. I'm going to miss Bulky. I'm going to miss Bulky, too, because when he was drafted, he was compared to the likes of Eric freaking Carlson on, in terms of in terms of his in terms of his offensive production. Now whoop, he's gone. He's gone. He just disappeared. He's poof, whooped out of the air. Just poof, gone. For what? Seth Jones in the overpaid contract. I just we have five million dollars of cap space left. I I just can't. I have to go to cap friendly. I need to see. The official people have to resign. This is really just mind-boggling. Oh, and half of the contract is in freaking signing bonuses too. He's not even getting paid. He's not even paid nine and a half million in total salary. Most of it's in signing bonuses too, which is which is absolutely horrible. So, two signs this year: Vinny Hinnestrosa. Don't think he. Don't think he resigns. Pew Suter. The guy was good. You know, he almost he oh, he he was what top five in color voting. Not yet to give him a contract, Brendan Hagel. You had to sign him. He did good. And I'm Goddard. You better freaking sign Goddard after not losing him. And David Kemp will be cheap. But you have to sign the kid Zadorov still. How do you sign Zadorov? 
How do you sign him? You can't. You have 5.9 in cap space. The Dorops going to want about, about $4 million in cap. How the heck do you sign these guys? Not to mention, next year, Kirby Dock needs to be resigned, and he's going to want at least $5 million. Oh, and just, and when Dock needs a contract, Kubelik needs a contract. I am lost for words in a flat cap era where, you know, the money is not going to go up. You have 81.5 in cap spent. You sign a guy to a ridiculously long contract, which is going to buy us in our ass like the Seabrook contract did. It's the same freaking contract as Seabrook. Same freaking contract, which makes me very upset. If we win, if we win a cup, if we win a cup, let's say down the line in eight years, fine, it's worth it. Fine. And if he wins a Norris Trophy, fine. If we don't and delays our rebuild, what do we do? We don't. We can't do anything. Oh, on top of that, next year we have to resign Connor Murphy, who's going to want more than three point eight million, who's our top defenseman right now. And if it makes you feel better in two years, you got to resign to break it. Yeah, but we're twenty twenty three. We got resign Alex to break it. Three years. Three years. Twenty yeah. twenty three, twenty four. My bad. Luckily, he'll be on two seasons. But here's the thing. He has, he's, he's getting paid 6.4 right now. That guy's going to want way more than that. He's worth at least $9 million. It, at least. It's probably, unless they retire, there's no way Tate and Kane can finish out there now. Because their uh, UFA is the same year. Debrinket gets his big payday. Yep. Yep. This is, this is just a problem. And I just can't stand the thought process. And that'll be going. after Doc gets his payday. Well, here, here's, the thing. here's the thing. Now, the Kid and Taze contract is 10.5 10. to 2023-2024. When they resign, they're not going to be worth $10.5 million. Yeah, no, they're going to take a cut. Taze probably will, probably will get around five, if not even less. Kane, he's still going to be around seven to eight million. Still around that. He's still going to be producing at that, at, that, at that rate where he can get seven to eight million. If we want to create cap, the one person you got to move is probably Jonathan Taze. I hate to say it. You got to get the crate cap somehow. You have a Kirby Doc center who can replace Taze. He is, he is the new Jonathan Taze. You probably got to move Taze. Although of Kane and Taze, got to move Taze. If, if you want to bring, if you want to bring in, to bring you on a team friendly deal. I don't think it happens because he wants to get paid. They all want to get paid. Especially with the season the Brinkie just had. I am lost for words. Absolutely lost for words. I mean, I know, I mean, they should just trade away Dylan Strom to Columbus. I don't care. They should send, they should trade it here. Yermo Krakalainen, we'll give you Dylan Strom for free. We don't even want Seth Jones. Give us the cap. This is the one time we actually had money. This is the one time the Hawks had $15 million in cap. And it's gone. It's just gone. Hey, you could have got Gossip Spare as a donation. On top of that, on top of that, this franchise has sexual assault allegations, and now they make a dumbass trade. Like, what is going I am just flabbergasted with, with what is going on with the organization right now. Very, I'm not going to, like, go, I'm sweating right now. I'm sweating. My pits are sweating. 
I'm so upset. At least right you now. won some cups. Yeah, but I had to, like six years ago. I literally told someone on Instagram. At this point, I don't know how Chicago won three cups with Dan with Stan freaking Bowman as the GM. I don't know if how we did. If you want to go back and you know send that 2013 one this way, I, I definitely won't be opposed to it. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, it's just. And the 2022 draft is stacked next year. It's stacked. We don't have a first-round pick. That's the problem. We are rebuilding. And guess what? All three of our goalies, Lankinen, Subban, Julia, all need raise, all need new contracts next year. This is just I'm so lost for words. How do you how do you even get these guys signed? What do you do? I, there has to be some. <laughs> there has I can't to be say I feel mood. bad. I can't say I feel bad torching the league for a de- for half a decade. I, I, this is I'm just like what this is going to be the Blackhawks in the freaking eighties, freaking losing all the time with terrible contracts still on their still on their books. You guys, it's once you get swept by Nashville, that like literally changed the franchise forever. Yes, it did. It did. I was like, what is this crap? Like, like I can tell I you, am, I certainly get frustrated with the Bruins, and they've made some moves that have really bugged me over the years. But I've never seen a team like the Blackhawks did go from such high contenders to just absolutely shit. utter panic shit. In, utter I'm sorry, shit. Just sh- shit their pants as fast as they did. Like, yes. I'm, I don't, weren't they like the second best team in the league the year they got swept by Nashville? I, yeah, we, we won the Central Division that year. We won our freaking division. So I know. Put it this way. So, that happened. In 2019, Tampa, who tied the win record, got swept in the first round. And what did they do after that? They went back-to-back cups. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys completely panicked and, like, broke down and uh, you should have followed what Tampa did. Just stay calm and just put it in a little dead. But hey, to be fair, you would won your cups by then. Tampa hadn't won anybody yet. I, I was. I mean, oh my god! I just. Oh, I just, I just can't. I can't. And it's an eight-year deal, seventy-six million. I mean, this is just utter garbage. This is not good. This is just. Yarmo Kakalainen fleeces Chicago, not for the first time, for the probably a kajillionth time he fleeces Chicago. <laughs> he probably loves when he sees I'm getting a phone call from Stan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, this is just his eyes probably like light up when he sees the caller ID. I I saw I saw a comment on Instagram here. It goes back to the you know the current sexual sexual assault allegations with the organization. Um, this guy goes. This is definitely a cover-up for Stan Bowman. Like, he makes this splash, you know, to cover up the investigation, you know, you know, to cover up the investigation to be quiet. And just so that, to take the, to take the organization with him, he goes, he, he puts in air quotes, Stan Bowman, comma, quotation marks. If I'm going down, I'm taking the whole organization with me. <laughs> I'm like, you are a million 
gajillion percent correct with that statement right there. After that trade and the trades in the past in this new contract, you're absolutely correct. I was shocked, very upset. I liked Adam Bofus. I knew he was going to get traded, of course. And of course, I ordered the jersey off of freaking Cool Hockey two weeks ago. You really? Yeah, you for really Adam Bofus. Uh, can and you return it and get a Seth Jones one? No. No, I'm I'm going to keep it because Adam Bofus is always a Blackhawk. When we drafted him, I was like, he's, he's my favorite player already. I mean, this guy's great, but so upset. This is very upsetting. Oh, my God. And watch him. I swear. Watch Adam Bofus get, like, 25 goals this year. <laughs> and watch, watch Chicago finish last in their division, bottom five in the league, and Columbus has a, like, top five pick in the draft next year because we don't have a first-round pick. So we gave him ours. I'll, no I'll, make sure to buy, I'll make sure to buy tickets when you guys are in town so I can see a free win. There is no thought process behind Stan Bowman, I swear. Not to mention, a good pickup here by Columbus. They get – and that with that second-round second pick, they flipped it to Carolina for defenseman Jake Bean. Carolina yes, is placing that. teams left and right. I mean, this is insane. Um, go, okay, moving on after that long tangent and rant. Uh, we have a quick trade here with Philly. I actually like this trade. Uh, Cam Atkinson in the one-for-one deal going to Columbus for Jacob Borchak. Uh Cam Atkinson making about $5.2 million and Jacob Borchak making a lot of money. Um, his official cap hit. Pull it up here. Um, I don't. I like this trade for from the Philly standpoint. Um, he's gonna pay eight point two million dollars. Jacob Borchak. A lot of money. A lot of money for until twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, and that includes uh, five million additional five million in signing bonuses. So, I mean, yes, they fleece Chicago, and they fleece Carolina, they get Jones away, they get Adam Bookfist, but then they take on a bad contract by Voracek. But I think Yarmo Krakalainen is hoping, hope, hoping that um, Voracek can have a bounce back and help Columbus. Moving on, I believe the last trade that was big enough that we're going to cover here um, Florida Panthers, they acquire forward Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 2022 first and goaltender Devin Levi. Great pickup for Florida. That's what I think. Great pickup for Florida. I, I like that trade for both teams. Yeah. Although, although, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Sam Reinhart played pretty well at Buffalo this past past year and past year, past two years and you know, it's just that that's all you get for him. You know, there there's no roster spot. There's no roster player on that trade, which is you know, concerning. Um, but we all know for sure that Kevin Adams wants to um you know change the Sabres organization around and help them hopefully yeah. make the playoffs. Hopefully. Not anytime soon, but hopefully 
honestly. I just not this I feel so I feel so bad for Sabres fans. I really do feel really bad for them. Um yeah, good trade right there. That's the last big trade that was made. There is something um, we still gotta get into. There is. There is there's something that we do, so before we go, can we just address how bad the coverage of the expansion draft was? What? Can we go over how bad the expansion draft on oh, ESPN was? Yeah, you're right. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Because oh. I, I need to get some film. So we were both skeptical about yes, but we loved how NBC did the NHL. I hate as for people who don't know, I hate ESPN with a burning passion. So I don't hate them. I hate I think they're a little too much of a like big personalities, and they kind of try to cash off that. But they just seemed so. I, I don't know if it was them or the league. They just seemed <laughs> unprepared. Their names being mispronounced left and right. They called the Hurricanes the Carolina Panthers the NFL team. <laughs> I, I remember hearing that. I'm like, is this a, is this a joke? It's, it's like they. It's like if you did an assignment, like a presentation for school, and just didn't practice. That's how it felt. Like, what I I couldn't comprehend how bad it was and how it seemed so unprepared. And Look at this. Look at this, Alex. So when they called in the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers Twitter. Oh yeah, they the Carolina Panthers. They changed the logo scheme to the actual NFL. Carolina Panthers team. I'm like, this is legendary, and they changed their actual name from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Carolina Panthers for a day. I did see that. <laughs> legendary. <yeah. laughs> but I mean, unless they thought, unless that Seattle was going to take Christian McCaffrey, then you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, that's such a stupid mistake to make. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't see that happening. Like, could you imagine if it's like you you're getting to go, you're a brand new franchise. And all people can think about is how bad of a piss poor production they put up. Yep. On your it doesn't help. They, it doesn't help that the I freaking. I lost it. I lost. I'm sorry. I gotta bring up when they picked <laughs> Go Jonas Donskoy. Who 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 made the pick? Who called? I don't remember who announced it. He called him Hold Jonas Donskoy. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. it. Was, he called him Jonas Donskoy. I'm like, who? I'm like, wait, who did they pick? And I'm like trying to. I'm looking. I'm like looking. I'm like, oh, Jonas Donskoy. <laughs> oh my god, it was funny. Oh, I gotta find the video. Happened funny times and I don't know. It was, it was confusing. It really just felt like a complete disaster. Yeah, I mean, if that's what it's gonna be like, if that's what it's gonna be like when they have games, oh boy. Well, and we we watched. I watched a hockey guy's live stream as well as urinating tree. You know, I was watching urinating trees, yeah. Yeah. And urinating so, tree was dying laughing the same as we were. It, it's an embarrassment to the league. It's a, I, I, every hockey fan who watches the game and you know knows knows the league knows where the money is or not where the money is, but like knows, you know, I guess, you know what station calls the games the best. What what broadcasting station, I guess. Um. And they know it's NBC. NBC's NBC has been calling the the games for what over a decade. Um, it was from 2006 to 2021. Yeah, so well over a decade. And you know it's it's gotten to the point where the move to ESPN is looking really bad. 
I understand 100% why the move is made is the NHL wants to make a ton of money. And ESPN is definitely that. Marketing too. Yeah, ESPN is definitely that platform. And also they're forced to move because NBC, NBC was shutting down NBCSN studio. So it makes sense. They have to move to a different station. I just think ESPN, they don't know hockey. And when they had hockey, they didn't know hockey still. The only person who did was Gary Thorne. What should they bring back is Gary Thorne. Um, for ESPN. Yeah. Um, it's just... It was a disaster. It really <sighs> makes me hope, like, oh... I hope it blows up... I hope it blows up in, in the league's face. I hope... I hope it does. I just hope it does. For my own satisfaction, for my hatred of LeBron and, and ESPN, I hope it does. And all the ESPN analysts LeBron, up there... What LeBron have to do with this? LeBron knows everything. ESPN, I mean, every Instagram sure, post... Yeah. Every Instagram post, ESPN somehow figures out a way to put LeBron next to someone. LeBron I'm, next I to someone. You, I don't I care about LeBron when I'm, watching, when I'm watching hockey or when I'm watching baseball. Hell, even when I'm watching basketball, which is very rare, do I care about LeBron James? It's a hypocrite. Sure the first opening night in the NHL, they're gonna, uh, there's got to be a betting line in Vegas. How many times will they compare... I, I, isn't it Pittsburgh in the opening night um, for their debut? I guarantee you, they're going to make like 20 comparisons between Crosby and LeBron. I swear, you can't compare hockey players and NBA players. I, I get Different it. Sports. The only time I think it makes sense to compare guys in other sports and look at the GOAT. You take, you know, Gretzky, Jordan, Brady. Right. That would make sense. You're like, oh, who's the GOAT of all? Right. It's just, I, you know, I remember seeing the graphic, I think a couple of years ago, or right when McDavid entered the league, right? And they, the caption was something about, like, uh, it showed Connor McDavid and someone else, and they put Angie, Andrew Ferentz, and, you know, he was the actual... That's right! I remember that. Yeah, I, I have to find the exact thing. Um, I'm going to type in Connor McDavid ESPN. After, after round one of the playoffs? They, their headline was Edmonton sweeps Winnipeg. <laughs> oh my God! Um, where is like where do your homework? And I and they I know how you how do you mix up Andrew Ferentz, who wasn't even in the league at the time, retired by the way, and Connor McDavid. In the wall. Yeah, you can't mix those guys up. You just can't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's I, concerning. It really is. The way the broadcast went has me extremely worried for how the season goes. I will legit. If the if the Blackhawks are on ESPN, I have to watch the game on ESPN. If they say one freaking name wrong, I'm switching the broadcast. I don't even care. I, I'm switching the broadcast. I'm so glad. Or whatever. I'm so glad they have. They have local deals too, so you can watch it. Yeah, I get nothing. Yes. Thank God. Yes, thank God. I can I can watch the last season of Pat Foley. Last season of the retiring this year, legend Pat Foley. I get Foley. to watch the one, the only Jack Edwards, the greatest home and in hockey. No, no, the the best no. is when I made you listen to him every time we'd watch a game. I'd put on the message feed just to piss you off. 
I don't know if I ever told you when we were watching. I totally had the NBC feed too. It's just so I could get around the block. The block I, I streamed through oh. national, but so I wanted the the Nesson feed just for you. Uh, yeah, thank you for watching the the Nesson broadcast of, of the horrible Especially Jack Edwards bias. The one, the only, the great Jack Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, when he had that uh, that whole rant about the ref and the scrutiny. That, I agree with him with that. The referee is under scrutiny, and you make a call like this the night after. What is going through your heads? I'm yeah, like, oh, I agree with Jack Edwards. That never happened. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, here's the thing. I'm so worried about the ESPN broadcast. I would rather listen to Jack Edwards than the ESPN broadcast. I don't know, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I, I I I can't say that because I like Jack Edwards from a Bruins fan, so that doesn't do much for me. But I listen to him anyways. One, there's yeah, not really a choice, and two, he's amazing. It's just it's just bad. I mean, it was just bad. Uh, what do you any any further uh, thoughts of the? Um... Oh, here we go. Found the graphic here. So it says three Seneca finals on TNT, right? Right. <laughs> this is someone made this gif up, but it's it's the uh, oh no, it's the right one. Rights to every Winter Classic live stream on HBO Max. It shows Alex Ovechkin and it shows Andrew Ferenc as the captain. Was <laughs> I mean the league number twenty-one? That's supposed to be Connor McDavid. Yeah, and doesn't it say Connor McDavid under him? <laughs> no, it just. I think this is a, this is a new gif or a new meme they put up here, but this is basically the one that we're looking for. It's just too funny. It's just great. It's just, if it's any, and I guess if it's any indication, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, they have to they have to hire some uh, NHL people there. So, well, well I they, know they're, they're Gretzky to do it. They're getting some guys. And I think PK Subban has a part time. Show when he's not playing, I think. I'm not. I'm not know how that's gonna work. But I, I think no. I think you're right. I think player. So it's just you know, just you know, sort of sort of weird. Um, seeing that there. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I just can't get over that meme. Uh, anything else about the ESPN broadcasting or anything we've talked about tonight or things you might be talking about in the future that we need before I wrap it up. Um, I, I think we just got to wait and see that the ESPN hopefully gets better, but it's not promising. Yeah, I have my expectations very low for ESPN. I hope it blows up in the league's face. That, that's my take on it. Just for the sake of hockey, I hope it's good. But... Yeah, I, know. I just feel like they're going to mess it up with comparisons and LeBron and Jones. And politicking that ESPN love to do. So I, I'm more worried out. they're going to talk about LeBron every time. Oh, yeah, compared to the NBA. Yeah, uh, I will. I will say I give credit to Stephen A. Smith for when he did that. Uh, when he did his brief little segment on the NHL, Connor McDavid. So that was kind of cool. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, if you give him the material, you can, can kind of sell it. 
However, you can still tell he didn't know what he was talking about, but it was still, it was still passable. Just, it just for the way, I, I like Stephen A. Smith, so I can listen to him talk about anything. I think the guy's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I think it's hilarious, too. Like, I could have that guy read the dictionary, and he'd probably find a way to make it exciting. Uh, but I, I don't want to hear Max Kellerman or Colin, Colin oh. Coward Fox Sports. No, Colin Coward's Fox. Dude, don't okay. get started on Kellerman. I don't want to hear Max it's Kellerman talking about the NHL. I just can't. I, I can't. I'll, I'll blow my head off. He, he Literally, word for word, he has said before, no one cares about hockey. So. Yeah. And I have a whole other grief with grief with him with the fucking cliff theory for Brady. So, yeah. So, all right. That's that for, for that. That's it for for today's podcast, episode four. React to Seattle crack an expansion draft, discussing the recent trades, and of course talking about the ESPN broadcasting tobacco that went down. Um, for further episodes. No promises again. We don't know. We just, after we made promises, we broke them. So we're not going to make promises until we start getting things officially done. Um, since most of the episodes are off the cuff now. Um, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you once again for tuning in. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Again, we look forward to talking to you guys as well. Again, thank you. Thank you.